0: Today is Tuesday, June 16, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. We actually have some good stuff on the docket today. One of the things that we're going to get to take a look at is just how the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew operates. We're going to get to view a window into their world. We definitely had follow through today in terms of the reversal yesterday We saw a nice big juicy gap up this morning. Takes away the opportunity for traders in most cases, at least right out of the gate. When you have a big gap up, most things are floating up with the market. It's all the same market in that kind of situation. So what happens is you don't have a lot of stuff moving very much until they find their footing after the open. Everything will go every which way, but it's not until after the opening bell. You've already had the gap up, so things are a little bit different. Then most days where we have a bucket full of stocks on the move, today we had nil. There was not one thing that qualified on the board. So be it. Remember, we take the good, the bad, and the ugly. Let's discuss what's the first thing, second thing, maybe even third thing that jumps off the chart on the daily chart. We've got it up on the board. Let's see what we've got. The first thing is I can't help but notice because it's my trend line, 312.15. We're going to talk about this quite a bit today. But 312.15, you can see where the market not only dipped below it, After gapping above it, right? So it's a positive to gap back above that spot. We talked about that spot. What does that represent? It represents the high of the breakdown candle. That would be the candle from the 15th right here. The high happens to be 312.15. That does a couple of things. A, it takes the bear flag that was beginning to form off the table. And it was forming as a sloppy, bear flag, but some kind of bearish pattern nonetheless. We don't have to label it so much, we just have to know what it represents. The other thing that's noticeable today is the tail candle, and where it stopped and reversed, they came up short of the gap. Now, we talk about this quite a bit. What does that represent? It represents bullish behavior. When they can't get to the gap, the market gets bought up before the gap. So let's just say a couple of things are going on. So you have traders that are short and they're waiting to exit at the gap or you have traders and both potentially and they are both by the way. You have traders that are waiting at the gap to buy the market. So they stop the market short of the gap, reverse it, they screw over both parties in one shot. Kill two traders with one buy program. So that in and of itself is bullish. So let's put it in the bullish column and move on. Now we go up to 312.15, so we closed above that number. That's also bullish. Two for bullish, none for bearish. What else we got? Well, when you go down to a shorter time frame to look at the intraday activity towards the end of the day, what you'll find is in the last couple of minutes of the day, they jam the market to close above 312.15 after flirting with it, For a lot of the afternoon, they got below, they sucked in some shorts along the way, no doubt. And then, here's the thing. Just into the closing bell, within the last minute or so of the closing bell, they begin to jam the market up. Here's even a one-minute chart, and you can see the last minute of the session before the close, they jam the market up to close back above 312.15, having what I'll call a photo finish into the close. Now... That little episode of shenanigans into, let's say, the last hour of the day, this period here where they dip below, suck in some shorts, reverse the market into the close, that's Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate Crew at work. It's a window into their operation. Let's suck in some people to the short side by dropping the market past a certain place, then... Let's reverse the market, issuing a conveyor belt of pies in the face while we jam it up past the important number into the close. That's essentially what the five guys in a room were discussing around the table this afternoon. Here's an hourly chart. So, what's really going on over here? Well, we have a couple of things on the table. We have obviously the 31215. We have a bull flag pattern in the making. So, we have the flagpole that created by the gap up this morning. And then we have basically the flag waving in the wind, developing, building energy for what? Another move higher to do what? To fill the gap up here right around 3.19. Market symmetry at work. What exactly is market symmetry? It's one of the lessons and taught in the course at Lazy E-mini Trader. Now... What else is going on? Well, similar to last night, we may get a visit from the thieves in the middle of the night while they jam the market higher while nobody's looking, have another gap up in the morning, be filling the gap. But let's say this happens. This is all hypothetical stuff, right? But this is what's going on in the market based on what happened today, based on the close, based on how the market traded Based on the bullish, flaggish pattern that it put in, this is the scenario that they put on the table. Who's they? The market participants by virtue of how the market traded out today. Let's say in that hypothetical scenario that they gap up again and open above the gap at 219 Pardon me, 3.19. Back to the daily chart so you can get the proper visual. That would put the market right back where it was last week before the drop. What drop is basically what happened. And I understand fully what a lot of traders would say happened. Well, last week there was a scare of X, Y, and Z. And this week, all of a sudden, there's more Fed easy money. There's free money all over the place. Now the Fed is in the bond market buying corporate bonds in addition to mortgage bonds and treasury bonds and whatever other bonds they're buying. You have another scenario where there's good news in the cure or vaccine race for the COVID-19 virus. That was also on the screen today. And then you have the scenario that we talked about long before it took place is, is it another one of these pullback scenarios where we just went up And we have a pullback and then we find support only to go up one more time and surpass the highs, test the highs, fill the gap. We don't know yet. What we're saying is it looks right now as a candidate for one of those scenarios. So that being said... If, in fact, the scenario does unfold where the market is once again gapping up by the open tomorrow and they gap above 319, maybe not that day, but they're likely poised to go higher yet. Awareness, other side of the sheet, other side of the coin, putting the blue on, becoming the umpire. This is quadruple witching options expiration week. What that also means is Midweek Wednesday is also known and it's an old trader's wives tale kind of thing, but it does happen a lot. It's Whipsaw Wednesday. Beware of the gap down. Beware of the gap up and crap out. Beware of the gap down recovery, meaning rescue operation. All kinds of stuff can happen on Whipsaw Wednesday. All kinds of stuff can happen any day. It happened today. It's just an awareness to have. Do we have any additional information that we can take away from the 120-minute chart? Well, basically, it's a like image of the 60-minute chart, only compressed. And what you see here is a tighter version of the same thing, which is essentially the same bullish flaggish pattern. Some traders will ask, and they'll ask tonight, what about that first candle of the day? Wasn't that a reversal candle? And the answer is, no, it wasn't couple of reasons. A, they closed above an important number. We have to take that for what it's worth. You take something like that, when it gaps above, meaning the market, it, gaps above a really important spot, 312.15. They run really hard, but it's met with some sellers. That's okay. It's called profit-taking. There are certainly people making money overnight that are more than willing, more than happy to take profit at the open, so they're selling into strength. So the market comes down a little bit. Where does it really come down and stop short of? On the close, 312.15. First hour of the day, you had that big dip, but you closed back above 312.15. After the first two hours of the day, you closed back above 312.15. That has to count for something. When you're looking at an important number, as long as you have a belief that it is, in fact, an important number, and you see what the market does intra-hour and then at the end of the hour, it's similar to the closing of the day. You'll hear traders all the time, and you've heard it since the beginning of time, the close is what's important. It's not necessarily how they trade them during the day. It's how they close them up at the end of the day. Well, the same thing applies in fractals. It's the same thing on an hourly chart on a two-hour chart, on a four-hour chart, on a 30-minute chart, on a 10-minute chart. It doesn't matter. It's all about the candle closes on whatever chart is important to you at the time. One of these candles today closed back below 312.15 at 312.08. It was also seen inside the numbers, in the commentary. It was also shenanigans. You're not 100% sure at the time it's shenanigans, but within pennies, it's questionable. And that's basically what was said. How about inside the numbers? So what we'll do here today is take a look at the pre-market morning notes. We'll run up the commentary. There were no stocks on the move today, so that section is a blank. It's rare, but it happens once in a blue moon. So let me just pop this up a second. You can read the rest of the pre-market morning notes. And then what I'll do is scroll up so you can read the commentary. You'll see where the various support and or resistance areas were. You can see where the market was likely to go early in the morning to retest the morning highs, which it did. It was a very small trade. And then what you'll see later in the day is the focus. And what I urge you to do is just pause the video, read the notes, and then restart it as it's scrolling through. In order to give the folks that want to read them a chance to read them and the folks that want to skip them a chance to skip them. What you'll notice is that there was a keen interest on the 312.15 area. There were certainly other numbers that were important throughout the day, and you'll see them posted here if you're at all interested in reading the specific commentary. And there you can see the 1007 post. They're basically home. That was from an earlier post where they're likely to retest the highs of the earlier. Session, which was just basically minutes earlier. The market's fluid in the morning. There's generally a trade on the board. Let's continue scrolling through. So once again, you'll see where the particular resistance areas are, support areas. 312.15 is going to come up probably a couple of dozen times throughout the commentary. That's just the way it was today. They were centered around testing 312.15. They're just not ready to break out yet. What they were ready to do today was break up to 3.12.15 and close the day above. That was what was apparent upon the closing of the day. That was bullish behavior. Doesn't mean we won't get a gap down in the morning, but the jockeying for position at the end of the day around 3.12.15 can only be read one way. You'll see that they kept testing it and testing it and testing it. And And if you go back to the chart, you'll see that they were testing it and testing it and testing it. Here's a low of 3.12.14. Here's a low of 312.21. They bust through. The closing of this candle is 312.08. That's the one that closed below on the hour, I believe. Yep, it was. Then they got below, and then the last candle of the day was a little tiny jam session. So net-net, as we close out the SPY, what do we have? We have a market that under normal garden variety market conditions should get up to 319. Doesn't mean they have to stop there, but they should get up to 319. At least from where I sit that's what the market was telling me today. What do we have over in Camp IWM? A couple of interesting things. A little bit more of a just a bit outside scenario for the IWM. What you had here is a gap that was at 140.99 against the low today of 141.03. So, what's interesting about that, it's even closer than the SPY came to its gap. Took off in the other direction. Same read. You have to read that as bullish behavior across the IWM. Second thing we notice about my favorite market leading indicator is the fact that it was up over two percent today against the SPY that was up about one and three quarters percent. Actually, even a little less than that. I'm looking at an after hours quote, so outpacing the S&P 500 on the upside favorite market-leading indicator. Let's see what else we have. Okay, we have a little bit of a dual look. What does that mean? It means I can build a case for either thing, bearish or bullish, from this hourly chart. Let me explain. First, if I wanna present the bullish case, I can say we had an up move, and we're basically doing the bull flag thing right here, and it should produce another move just like we looked at in the SPY. Taking a look at the SPY, Somebody would say, traders would say, don't we have the same scenario? You can have the bull thing going, right? Yes. Or you can have a down move from the first candle of the day and you could have a bear flag inside of that. That's what I was getting at with the other side of the coin or the dual thing in the IWM. It also exists in the SPY. So it's an awareness of both sides of the tape And I didn't mention that originally in the SPY for a reason. And the reason was to have an understanding of what self-awareness is. We always have to be looking at both sides of the tape. And we can't just take what somebody says. Even if we believe that that person knows their stuff. But still, what we do know is that person, for example, me, not going to be right all the time. We're never right 100% of the time. Nobody is. So you have to learn for yourself. You have to do your own analysis. You have to look at the counter argument on every chart that comes up on the page. If there is no counter argument, that's fair enough. But you have to at least give it the college try to look for a counter argument. You may not see one on one particular chart, but you may see one on another. Now, back to the IWM. All that being said, if I had to pick one, and I was forced to pick one. Let's say I was getting waterboarded and I had to pick one scenario. I would have to take the bull case based on everything that happened today with 312.15. That's my take. That's what I see from where I sit. It's my story and I'm sticking to it. Speaking of devil, what about the devils down in the transportation department? It's a bearish pattern from today that seems to be beginning to go downward, beginning to work out to the downside. Now, this gap, unlike the others, was filled. So that's interesting in and of itself. So the transports, which is my second favorite market-leading indicator, is essentially leading the S&P 500, which happens a lot of the time, leading either in the upward, northern, or southern direction. This hourly chart happens to be below the 150-period moving average Sandwiched in between or underneath is the 20-period moving average. This isn't clear-cut by any means. Just at first glance, this is certainly less bullish than the other charts. Of note, puzzle piece on the table. Looking at the daily chart, now we have a gap up above that was not filled. So that becomes an open case. And we still have the reversal candle from yesterday. We didn't have as strong of a finish from the transports and not as strong of a showing from the transports against the IWM and against the S&P 500. In fact, the transports were lagging today. They're a lagging participant in the market today. They are my second favorite market leading indicator, and let's all say it together, they are my first favorite canary in the coal mine. It's two puzzle pieces They're on the table. Now, just so we have a clear understanding, this chart and that conversation doesn't necessarily wipe out all the other stuff. It's an awareness. We have to be aware of what all the markets are doing. And if we begin to see an intraday breakdown, breakout, and we see other markets and one's leading, one's leading or lagging, it's information that we're all putting in the middle of the table. We use everything in the tool belt, everything in the toolbox, every day. About the folks out in Silicon Valley, Q-Cubed. This one has some interesting characteristics. So the gap was at 238.75. The low of day was 239.10. They missed it by more than a hair or two. Bullish behavior, finished up on a percentage basis more than the spider. This has been the strong horse. It is the lead dog. Nothing wrong with this market. It's in an uptrend. And, minus a black swan event, if there was anything wrong with the market, your stocks like Amazon would be rolling over. Apple going higher. Facebook going higher. Microsoft going higher. All in an uptrend. All comfortably still being bought up. Google, everything is being bought up in terms of the names we know. Just as a sidebar for a moment, we'll have the discussion. It's an awareness and it's not lost on me. I hear it all the time. The market's overvalued. It's not where it should be. It should be here. It should be crashing. All that stuff. And guess what? This has been going on since the beginning of time. It's called the wall of worry. They love to issue pies in the face. When the market's ready to go down, it will go down. We've seen it before, and we're going to see it again. But when you're a trader, we're going to take a look at the financials in the XLF next. When you're a trader, your job is not to insert a bias into the market. Your job is to read the market, read what it's doing, and take advantage of it. That's it. Period. Full stop. You don't care whether it's going up, whether it's going down, whether it's going sideways. Your job is to find a high probability trade setup And take it. The XLF filled the gap today. So what I'm doing is I'm cataloging, taking stock of the markets that filled their gap and the ones that didn't. Not sure exactly what I'm going to do with that information yet, but I believe in big data. What do we glean from the XLF today? Basically, other than the fact that they filled the gap, which isn't any big deal, what we glean is that the fact it was on par, up on par with the S&P 500, up 1.7%. Nothing else we're going to take away from this above the 100 period moving average. Move it along. About Smash Mouth, they filled the gap. Nothing wrong with this chart. It's in an uptrend. It's a pretty good leading indicator of the tech space or Q cubed. And other than the fact that it was up basically within reason on par with the S&P 500, there's no takeaway other than it's bullish. Nothing wrong with the chart. If we look at some of the intraday charts, We're going to see an interesting dynamic similar to what we saw in the transports. Not quite the same, but we can certainly make a case for the bear flag pattern. We can make a case for the bull flag pattern. We can make a case both ways. We'll have to see how it's unpacked in the morning. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That's all true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here. It's everything I wanted to discuss. I'm David Frost. My Strategic Forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost.